Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Dame football coverage continues now. Now Leonard. Down the sideline. Leonard's got great wheels. Riley Leonard inside the 20. On Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Leonard has to scramble. And on that ankle just grits his teeth. Look at this run. Leonard gets the pass off. He's got Calhoun. Wow. No way. From Sports Radio 960 AM WSPT. Side run for Leonard. He's able to break a tackle and get the first down and more. Leonard inside the 20, stiff arms a defender inside the 5 and into the end zone. It's a touchdown. Leonard keeps this time. It's like he has butter on his jersey. Budweiser's weekday sports beat rolls on for this Monday evening. I'm Darren Pritchett, joined by Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter at Blue and Gold Illustrated. Blueandgold.com. Tyler, good to be with you. Hopefully you're trying to stay warm around these parts. I know deep down you're a, a Texas guy, so I don't know if you ever get used to this cold weather. No, absolutely not. And I just had a new one about 30 minutes ago. I do not have boots for my dog. Uh-oh. And, yeah, so I guess that's <laughs> something that's pretty common as a dog owner up here. I've never had to use them. Darren, I literally just put human socks and Meyer plastic grocery bags around his feet just so he could go do his business. Because he was bugging me all day. He says, I need to go out. I need to go out. I'm like, dude, I can't take you out. It's too cold for you out there. I finally kind of did a home remedy, and he's good to go now. I'll just say that. But uh, if I have to do that throughout the rest of this week, uh, there might be a problem. They, They need to stock these pet stores with, Dog boots, Darren, because I went to a couple today and they don't have any. So that was a big, uh, big issue in my household today. That was very creative. I give you a lot of credit for creativity. Appreciate that. It was uh, harder than it sounds, though. I'm just—I was thinking, how heavy is your dog? Because I'm imagining you picking he or she up and putting them on the ground. They do the business, and then you pick them back up. No, nah, he's a big boy. He's about 65 pounds, so that would have been a little little too much. And he's picky about where he goes, too. And when there's a whole bunch of snow on the ground, uh, I'm like, dude, it, there's not a whole lot of good options out there, buddy. Let's just get this over with. I think the Steelers just felt the same way, giving up a 55-yard touchdown run to Josh Allen. Just then nobody wanted to tackle him, and it's 21 nothing, <laughs> Buffalo. Hey, I want to ask you about Irish quarterback Riley Leonard for a moment because – For people who subscribe to Blue and Gold Illustrated and or listen to this program, last year about this time, you started to do some video analysis work of Notre Dame's brand new quarterback, Sam Hartman. You went back and watched every single Wake Forest game from the previous year. And you're just about ready to start that endeavor once again with new quarterback Riley Leonard. So you've watched him play in person against Notre Dame. You've watched him on TV. But I'm wondering... Going into video analysis, focusing just on Riley Leonard, what are you hoping to learn about the new Irish quarterback? 
kind of see want to see how he manages himself as a passer throughout the course of entire games. And I think that's the cool thing about what we do with that video series is you get a really good gist of who that guy is throughout an entire game. Like Sam Hartman was a gamer and I saw that. And But there were some times where he'd throw one interception and it would lead to multiple. And guess what? That reared its ugly head again this year for Notre Dame, specifically at Clemson and at Louisville. So I just kind of want to know who Riley Leonard is as a quarterback throughout the course of a 60-minute game because you could see highlight clips, Darren. You could see him running for 50 yards and a touchdown at Clemson or, you know, every quarterback is bound to have a really good throw here and there. You see all that stuff on social media. I kind of want to see what the ins and outs of this guy is and are throughout the course of a game. And, and for me specifically, that means – if Duke is facing third and six, can he hit the seven yard out or the comeback, the dig or whatever that moves the chains and, and keeps it going for, uh, for Duke on that side of the ball? Uh, how many times did Duke end an offensive possession and it was Riley Leonard's fault? Or how many times did a Duke offensive possession stay alive and then maybe they end up scoring a touchdown or get some points and you can attribute it directly to something that Leonard did? So I think that's the kind of cool thing about this series that we do is you, you really do find out a lot about who these guys are as players. Yeah, I talked to someone who does analysis work in the college football industry, breaking down film, and and one thing he said to watch out for is Riley Leonard can make all the throws, but it's the consistency of the throws. Like we talked about when the Irish first got Riley Leonard, if he can just make all the throws, he'd be in the NFL. He'd be yeah. going to the NFL, not to Notre Dame. So there is – improvement that needs to be made and, and one thing he said was just focus on the accuracy and ball placement that's where the inconsistency relies and Tyler if Notre Dame can improve those areas with the deep ball ability of Leonard and with the running game then it just seems like you've got a chance to have a really special offense but that's a big but at this point yeah absolutely and I, I would agree with that analyst in the sense that I think that's you have some preconceived notions going in when, when you do these things. Like last year, Sam Hartman, deep ball, he, he can air it out, led the country in air yards in 2022, I guess that would have been. So I went in knowing, okay, I need to be looking for that. And, you know, some of those things that you're looking for, kind of like you mentioned, can be bad things, which with Leonard, I think it's the inconsistency issue. And like with Hartman, like I just mentioned a couple minutes ago, it was, it was the interception problem. Like he threw – I guess maybe over 50 or close, around 50 interceptions in his college career. And, you know, that, that was kind of a knock on him, and it cost Notre Dame a couple of games. So is Leonard going to cost Notre Dame a couple of games because he just can't consistently hit, quite frankly, the passes that need to be hit for a team to, to go on the road and beat Texas A&M or, you know, Louisville's on the schedule again, and, and maybe they're not going to be the 10-2 team that they were last year, but – you know, there's a little bit of a mental thing there, and Leonard's going to know that. Like, okay, we need to beat these guys. I, I need to be on my game. And if you're just not, then things can snowball a little bit, especially at that position. So I'm really excited because I think I'm going to see some really good things and obviously some of those bad things and, and just kind of set the stage and, and, and forecast maybe what Leonard might be as the Notre Dame quarterback for one season. He is Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated. Read his work at blueandgold.com. As you think about Riley Leonard throwing the football this year for the Fighting Irish, which transfer portal addition at wide receiver, which one has you the most excited that they could be the biggest contributor from day one? I think it's got to be Chris Mitchell. 
just because of the numbers, I mean, what was it, like 64 catches over 1,100 yards, um, maybe 11 touchdowns, double-digit touchdowns. I actually did a piece at blueandgold.com today, I believe it was. I wrote it last week. It dropped today. Uh, and there's one for the defense as well. My colleague, Jake Sobel, did it. But we basically projected what the stats are going to be for every single mm. Notre Dame incoming transfer uh, from Riley Leonard on down to Mitch Jeter as the kicker. That, that one's included on the defensive one. Uh, and obviously I, on the offensive one, I had those three wide receivers. And I think I projected Chris Mitchell to have the best stats of any other three, Bo Collins and Jaden Harrison being the other two, obviously. But I wouldn't be shocked, Darren, if his stats from last year at Northwestern are really cut in half. Like I just said, 64 catches for 1,100 yards. I would not be shocked if it was 32 catches for, I don't know, 540 yards or, yeah. or 600 yards maybe. But here's the thing. If that does happen, those stats, 32 catches and 600 yards or, or even 500 yards, would be the best on Notre Dame's roster in 2023. Because you look at what Chris Tyree did and what Rico Flores Jr. did, they both caught about 27 to 29 passes for somewhere in the 400 to 450-yard range. So if you can get Chris Mitchell to catch at least 30 passes and flirt around that 600 number, a handful of touchdowns, maybe even you know six or seven touchdowns, and you kind of get everyone else to file in line there, or, or maybe Jaden Thomas is your number one wide receiver, Jaden Greathouse. Like you have a lot of guys. You have a lot of options at this point. So if Chris Mitchell does – get those numbers that I just said, which would only be half of what he did at Florida International, I think you still feel pretty good about that, especially if Bo Collins is able to give you something. Jaden Harrison, and like I said, all the returners. Jordan Faison looks like he's going to be an absolute stud. So you have a lot of options. You don't need Chris Mitchell to do what he did at FIU, but he can still do a lot of things for you. They picked up Jaden Harrison from Marshall last week. Do you see him more impactful as a special teams player? And if they get something out of him at wide receiver, it's a plus? Yeah, that's exactly how I see it. Um, he's got three kick return touchdowns. Uh, it's really hard to get those. I mean, Jadarian Price had one this year. And you've seen a couple throughout the years. Um, Chris Tyree. So even on pump. Chris Tyree, but, but that's going all the way back to 2021 yeah. Wisconsin, right? Like, I don't think – Notre Dame had one in 2022, so you can't expect this guy to come in and, and give you two mm -hmm. like he did last year. But if he gives you one or if he floats a couple fields, like returns a couple to midfield, then he, he would have done his job for sure. Maybe he can give you one. And, and then, like you said, Darren, I think he can also give you a 70-yard touchdown out of nowhere or a really good splash play on offense. Like when we did those projections in that article that I just mentioned, I think I only predicted – Harrison to maybe catch a dozen passes. So we're talking yeah. like a, a, a pass a game and maybe go over the 200-yard mark, especially if he gets one of those long touchdowns. But, yeah, I'm with you, Darren. It's, it's mostly special teams, and if he can give you a splash play or two throughout the season, then he will have done his job. For several years here in South Bend, we had the opportunity to watch Kyron Williams make big plays for the Fighting Irish offense. And in the NFL – Running backs have been devalued. We've seen that across the board. They're not getting big contracts anymore for the most part. They're not drafted as high as they used to be. So Kyron fell to the fifth round. I think there might have been a thought that his 40 time just wasn't good enough and that he was not explosive. 
And now we've watched him for two years in the National Football League, and the Rams have moved aside a lot of running backs to give Kyron the football. I would like to just get your thoughts on, is Kyron the type of player in the NFL you expected after watching him play for the Fighting Irish? Uh, I mean, I think you've got to say he's a little better than you would have expected in the NFL, just because, I mean, the dudes are bigger, they're stronger, they're faster, and Kyron Williams is, is, I mean, like you said, that the 40 time was uh, an issue, and if you look at just his stature, uh, that's probably a little bit of an issue once you get to the NFL, especially at that position taking so many hits. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved Kyron Williams at Notre Dame, and he was fantastic, and he was electrifying. He he held up really nicely, too, in those last couple of years that he was a starter in terms of just staying healthy and whatnot. But when you go to the NFL, it's just such a big leap in so many different ways that I didn't expect this. I mean, I didn't expect to be able to kind of tweet out a social media video every single week of Kyron Williams scoring a touchdown. And I think the reaction to those videos, the fans just love the guy. So yeah. it's, it's really cool. I mean, I guarantee you there were a lot of Notre Dame fans who didn't have a dog in the fight last night who were rooting for – the Los Angeles Rams just because they want to see Kyron Williams keep playing football in this postseason. And it, and it was unfortunate that he, he got banged up in that game and a lot of different Rams um, kind of succumbed to some injuries. But, man, what he did, even missing some games throughout the course of this NFL season, he was fantastic. And, look, the shelf life of running backs in the NFL doesn't last very long. So is he going to do this for five more years? Uh, I would probably say absolutely not. But can he do it? For a couple more, two or three more years, based on what I saw this year, absolutely. And I think that is something that even the you know most ardent Notre Dame fans wouldn't have really saw coming. Tyler, I asked this knowing that you're a Dallas Cowboy fan and Zach Martin's had a Hall of Fame career playing guard for the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Last offseason, there was a bit of a holdout trying to get a little different contract. They got it done. He's one of the highest paid offensive guards in the National Football League. Do you think there's any chance the Cowboys to move around some salary cap move eventually might move on from him? Is he still playing at a high level, in your opinion, that makes maybe the decision a little tougher? Yeah, he's playing at an excellent level. So you kind of just made me sad with that reality. But I was watching some shows this morning, and you got to do something if you're the Cowboys. And, I mean, I think I was watching Get Up, and I really respect what Dan Orlovsky does at ESPN. And he was saying you might need to move on from Dak, especially since – He's about to get a contract. And look, yeah, I love Dak as well, but the Cowboys are just a little bit broken. So I think all options are on the table, and that includes Zach Martin, even with how good he's been. I mean, there were some highlight clips of him this season just moving people. I mean, he's a goal line beast still. If you get down there, just follow the right side, and you'll probably end up into the end zone. But, yeah, when you lose like that at home, like you were saying before we hopped on here live – it's a 12-win football team, and it didn't look anything like a 12-win football team at home after you just won 16 games in a row. So, yeah, you look at your Pro Bowl, um, all-pro right tackle. Uh, you even look at your quarterback. You look at your head coach. Like, that puts it into perspective. If McCarthy is the first Dallas Cowboys coach ever to win 12 games in the regular season three years in a row, and he might be on the chopping block, then, yeah, if you're looking for money, then your right guard probably on the chopping block, even with how good he's been his entire career. The problem is, for guys like Dak or Tua down in Miami, does it feel like they can win you a Super Bowl? You know, at this point, it's highly questionable. You want to move on from them, but 
knowing what I know as a fan, not having a quarterback and missing the playoffs the last eight years, it may be one thing to want to move on from someone, but you better have someone ready because, Tyler, as you know, without a quarterback yeah. in the NFL, you have no chance. And if you move on from Dak, that is a risky Risky move, even though I kind of question his ability to get things done in the postseason. Especially because you'd be moving on as a team that is never picking in the top ten in the NFL draft. Like you can find C.J. Stroud. What is he? I mean, I guess he was still top five, but that, that even furthers my point. The Cowboys are never going to have a draft pick like that, so you're never going to find your C.J. Stroud. And, and I mean, look at the Carolina Panthers. They thought they had a C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. It, it, Probably not looking that way. I know you got to give them a little bit more time, but yeah, it's not like quarterbacks are a dime a dozen. They are at a premium all the time, and it, it seems to be trending that way more and more every year. And the only reason, I wouldn't say the only reason, because D'Amico Ryan's is a great head coach at Houston, but probably the main reason that Houston just won a playoff game and they weren't even expected to make the playoffs or make any noise whatsoever this year is because it looks like they have the guy at quarterback. And it's just, I don't want to call it lucky, but you have to do your scouting and stuff, but there is some good fortunes involved. And if the Dallas Cowboys were to move on from Dak Prescott, then you can almost assure yourself that quarterback play next year is going to be worse than it was this past season, just from an overall standpoint. Mm. I mean, Dak Prescott was an MVP candidate. And I, I actually went to uh, the Dallas Stars game in Chicago this week and braved the cold, braved the elements. And I was talking to my buddy who is from Dallas and was able to make the trip up there as well. And he was he's a Baltimore Ravens fan, and he was arguing that Dak Prescott might have a case for MVP better than that of Lamar Jackson, who's probably going to win the award. That conversation was happening mm. less than 24 hours before the game. So you can't be a prisoner of the moment and say that Dak Prescott's the worst quarterback in the world just because of that one game, because that is a real conversation that was had less than 24 hours before the game, Darren. Yeah. There was a Ravens fan saying that Dak might – have a really good chance or, or should be the NFL MVP. I want to ask you one more question. It involves Irish women's basketball. Now, this may sound really, really strange, and it could be a question that is irrelevant. But let me ask it anyway. You've got Hannah Hidalgo, who has burst onto the scene, one of the greatest freshman seasons in women's college basketball history, won her eighth ACC Rookie of the Week award today, averaging, what, 26 points, nine rebounds, and three assists this week. She is a dominant player. If and when Olivia Miles comes back, who had a terrific start to her Notre Dame career before the injury, do you have any concerns at all about two alpha guards being in the same backcourt? The more that Hidalgo goes on this way, yes, because – in 15 games, she has already asserted herself as the face of this team, the best player on this team. Um, this is when Olivia Miles is, is shelved, obviously, and uh, because Olivia Miles was that, like you said, for two seasons. So if it was a thing where they only had to survive, let's say the first two months of the season, I think Notre Dame played nine games uh, through December, something like that. Uh, it was already pretty evident then that Hidalgo is what she is. I get it. But it just seems like the less time that you had to wait for Miles to come back, you could have just tried to put them in the same backcourt sooner and said, okay, figure it out. Now, Hidalgo is established. I mean, she's not just the best freshman in the country. She's one of the best players. She's only going to get better. 
Uh, and the more time that Olivia Miles sits out, the more questions you have as fans, as coaches, as, as players on that court with them, uh, what those two could be together. And I, I do, I do want to say that there was something encouraging when Sonia Citrone came back. She's been back for three games now. Immediately upon coming back in that first game, they actually lost to North Carolina, but that was pretty much because Maddie Westfeld had a concussion. I mean, this team has just had terrible yeah. luck. Anyway, Sonia Citrone, first game back, missed nine games with a knee injury. She was bringing the ball up the court a lot more than I thought, and Notre Dame trusts her to do that. She, she is also an exceptional player, maybe a top 20, 30 player in college basketball. She was a top 20 recruit in her class. So exceptional player. She let uh, Neil Ivy let her bring the court, the ball up. If that's going to happen with Sonia Citrone, it's absolutely going to happen with Olivia Miles too. And Hannah Hidalgo can play off the ball as well. She's a better shooter than we all give her credit for because she gets all these steals and she's finishing at the rim so many times, but she could shoot, stretch the floor a little bit. So I think it can work. But like I said, Darren, the more that you allow Hidalgo to become player number one, you ask yourself, okay, does that mean Olivia Miles is player number two when she would be player number one on probably 99% of the other teams in the country? It, it gets a little cloudy. So I, I am getting more intrigued and interested to see if it works the more time that goes on. Yeah, it sounds exciting, but sometimes when you have two players who have the ability to take over a yeah. game that need and want the ball in their hands and you got two people, it can be an adjustment, I think. So I was okay, just I'll curious. I'll give you another example. At this time last year, or um, NBA trade deadline, I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm also a Mavericks fan. I'm all, I'm all things Dallas. They went out and got Kyrie Irving, and it just didn't work. It fell flat on its face. I'm honestly surprised that Kyrie is still on the team. But today, with the Martin Luther King Jr. Um, Day stuff where they're, they're playing games early, I was able to watch the Mavericks a little bit today. Luka is out, and Kyrie Irving goes off for 40, 45 points, whatever it is, and the Mavericks win a very hard-fought game against the New Orleans Pelicans. If Luka's playing today, I'm not sure it works, and I'm not sure they win because hmm. the Pelicans were playing great offensive basketball, and they might have lost that game. So it, that's just to further your point, Darren, that when you have two players like that, Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, Hannah Hidalgo, Olivia Miles, it, it, it's so cliche, but they always say there's only one basketball. Tyler, what's happening at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com? Yeah, we've got that Riley Leonard series starting tomorrow, and that'll pretty much be every single weekday for the next, I want to say, I mean, almost a month because – he started 21 games in his career. My colleague Jack Sobel and I are, go are going to do one of those uh, rewatch pieces for every single start of his career. So that's literally three weeks worth, including weekends, but we're going to do it during the weekdays. So I'll get us uh, about a month of Riley Leonard on our site every single day. So be excited for that for sure. Uh, there's a junior day coming up on the recruiting side of things. So there's going to be a lot of uh, recruits on campus this upcoming weekend. I hope uh, they have their snow boots because my <laughs> dog didn't have his, and uh, it was a tough day for him. So, yeah, some recruiting stuff, some Riley Leonard stuff. It may be eight, nine months before the start of the college football season again, but we will have stuff jam-packed every single month until then at blueandgold.com. He is Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. He joins me every Monday. Tyler, appreciate the visit. Good luck to you and your pup the rest of the way. <laughs> Thank you so much. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See you, Darren. Thank you so much. Tyler Horka, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. It is 557 on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 W. 
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 